Well, Happy New Year to you, and welcome to the Abiding Marriage Podcast. I'm Sean Sahlberg. And I'm Glenn Sahlberg, her husband. We are glad you could join us on today's episode. It is the first one for 2024. You know, and as we begin the new year, we want to share with you what we believe is the number one priority that should be there for you and your spouse in 2024, and really, really for every couple, including us. That is, if you want to really grow and thrive in your marriage relationship. Yes, it's something that's going to be crucial for every couple if we want to build a Christ-centered marriage. And it is really what we would call a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable, yeah. So what is it that we're going to share with you? Well, stay tuned and we'll hear that answer. And as always, thank you for joining us today on this journey of marriage. We do hope that 2024 will be a great time of growth for you and your spouse as a couple. You know, it will take work, but we believe it's worth the work if you put it in. You know, and, and most of you are probably wondering, what is this number one priority that Glenn and Sean are recommending for us so that we can grow and thrive in our marriage? Drum roll, please. What is it, Sean? <laughs> well... So the number one priority that's going to be for you and your spouse in 2024, if you're wanting to grow and thrive in your marriage, is to make time to consistently read your Bible and to seek to connect spiritually as a couple. Mm. So we're going to unpack that statement for the rest of this episode, but let me share one more time. The number one priority for you and your spouse in 2024 in order to grow and thrive in your marriage is to make time to consistently read your Bible and to seek to connect spiritually as a couple. Yeah, now if you're listening to that and you're going, oh great, just what I need, another guilt trip for not reading my Bible more, (laughs) (laughs) please hold on, right? There's no guilt trips here. Stay with us. This is not about attempting to heap or shame, shame, guilt on anybody. This is really just about trying to get you to focus on what we all as Christ followers should have as our priority. Right. So as we start, you might have heard our statement and thought, now, wait a minute. You said there was one priority and you gave us two <laughs> things to do in your statement. That's right. Watch out. Um, Sneaking another one in on that's you That's right. That's right. <laughs> So let me explain. We do want you to read your Bible and connect spiritually. So the priority is really consistently reading your Bible. That's plain and simple. It should be a priority for anyone that calls himself a follower of Christ. But what flows out of that time with the Lord and his word is a connection with him. Mm -hmm. So when you spend time in God's word, truly seeking him, and taking time to listen to him, we're confident that the Lord is going to use his word to bring you encouragement, comfort, or maybe even conviction if you're needing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And when you experience that connection with the Lord, we hope you'll also want to share that with your spouse. That's where the spiritually connecting part comes in. 
it's, it's not a separate priority, but rather it's an overflow of the time you have with the Lord and His Word. And since God created us as married couples to connect emotionally, physically, and spiritually, prioritizing spending time with God and reading your Bible is a natural way that can help you and your spouse grow in connecting spiritually as well. Right. So now that we've talked about the priority, this next part is important to understand. We want to lay the foundation and talk about the why we should read our Bibles. And then we're going to cover the how-to of consistently being in God's Word. And as always, we don't want this to be our words, Mm -hmm. but it's God's Word speaking to you. So let's look at some scriptures. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then in 2 Peter 1, 21, we're told that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, what we hear in these two verses is that the Bible is the breath of God. He inspired the authors of the 66 books to write what we have in our Bibles. It is God speaking to those who are made in His image, and particularly to those who have been born again and adopted into His family as His son or daughter. Yeah, but, but don't miss what Paul tells us, that the Word of God equips us. It equips us for our lives. It equips us for helping others. God reveals Himself in nature to all people, but He has chosen, really, to reveal Himself in a more personal way through the pages of what we call the Bible. Listen to what someone shared about uh, God's Word. It says, You cannot love God and not listen to Him. When asked about the greatest commandment, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's Matthew 22. You cannot love Him with all your heart, soul, and mind without a steady diet of Scripture. So true. So now let's look at Matthew 4.4. Jesus answered, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the Bible is the nourishment that we need to live and flourish as God has designed us to. Just like we need food and water Mm. to nourish our physical body, Mm, we need spiritual food to nourish our spirit, and we receive that from the Word of God. None of us would expect to be nourished for the whole week by eating and drinking for only one day. I hope not. (laughs) Yet, many folks profess to be Christians. They rarely open their Bibles except for when they go to church on Sunday. I think this quote from George Mueller says it well. He says, The first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord and to obtain food for my inner man by meditation on God's Word. Yeah, yeah, love that quote. So, And let's look at one more scripture. So John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. 
You know, the Bible tells us the truth about life in our world and how God has designed us to live and flourish. And, and part of that truth, as part of that truth, the Bible provides what we need to be sanctified, which really means we look more and more like Jesus and less and less like ourselves. There are things that God would want us to start doing and stop doing in order to more clearly follow Him. This, that's what Paul calls putting on and putting off in some of his New Testament epistles. But we need to be under the authority of the Bible to know what we need to start and what we need to stop. We cannot use the world's wisdom. We can't use our own understanding on this. We have to be willing to come under the authority of what God's Word says. There's so much more we could say on this, but let me just say one more thing related to the truth of the Bible. You know, the truth we find in the Bible helps us to combat the lies of the world and the half-truths that Satan tries to get us to believe. You know, if Jesus used the Word of God to combat the lies of Satan, then shouldn't we also be grounded in that truth so we can do the same? So listen to what Herschel Hobbes had to say on this. The Bible contains truth found nowhere else. Human reason may discover certain truths about God, but the revealed truth of the Bible exceeds these so as to defy comparison. One may exhaust the meaning of the contents of other books, mm. but never the Bible. Mm-hmm. So you can choose to lean on your own way of thinking, the world's way of thinking, or You can trust the wisdom of God and the absolute truth that's found in your Bible. So we hope these scriptures will help you to understand the why behind the priority of reading your Bible daily. You know, as we transition this next part, we're going to cover another important reason to prioritize reading your Bible, and that's really so that your faith can grow. And, and one of the ways our faith grows is by finding and trusting the promises that God gives us in the Bible. And here's, here's a few verses to help you understand what we mean when we say finding and trusting the promises God gives us in the Bible. This is Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. You know, this, this is God's promise to hear our cries and prayers to Him. You know, as, as we cry out to the Lord, He may be at work in ways that we can see, but He also may be in work in ways that remain unseen. You know, He's God, and He's always working behind the scenes and working to respond to our cries for help. And here's another one, John 16:33. And this is Jesus speaking. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So God promises us that although we will go through suffering here on earth, he and we <laughs> yes. will win in the end. And that really should bring us lots of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
Then he will fill your barns with grains and your vats will overflow with good wine. You know, this is a verse out of many in the scripture that promises for God to supply what you need. When you honor him first, he'll provide the food, shelter, and clothing, the basic needs that you had. That's his promise. And here's another one. Romans 6, 16 through 18. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teachings that we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. So God's word promises us that when we are born again, we have the power to say no to sin and yes to following God's path for our lives. And that's really, that's a, that's a great verse. Again, yes. Go back and listen to that again. Read that verse. Um, it is so important to know that we're not slaves to our sinful temptations, that we can be slaves to obey God and to say no to sin and say yes to Him. So, you know, I'll, I'll, it's important to remember, even as we went through those four verses, you know, that some of the promises of God in the Bible are conditional, you know, and some of them are unconditional. Also, some things that God promised in the Bible are very specific to the context of the person that they were spoken to. So we need to be careful that as you and I are looking, that we look at the context of the Bible verses and the promise itself to make sure that you aren't trying to make any one verse apply specifically for you that really doesn't, right? For example, the Lord promised Abraham he'd be the father of many nations. That was Abraham's promise. That's not a promise that we can claim for ourselves. So that's just an example. You know, there's a really helpful online post from Got Questions that we'll have a link to in our show notes that talks more about what these promises are and which ones are you can claim sort of and which ones are are not for for us to claim. Right. So we want to strongly encourage you to read your Bible, paying close attention to the promises God makes and to truly believe and lean on them. And the proof that you really believe them is going to be shown in your thoughts and in your actions. Mm -hmm. You're going to do what he says. And then you will also be confident that he is at work in your life and in your circumstances, even mm. when you cannot see mm, it. For sure. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, as we begin sharing this next part, I want to use a brief story to illustrate a point, so, so just bear with me for a minute. I want you to think about Christmas Day. It could be this last Christmas or any, any, any previous year. Now imagine this. You spent a lot of time and a lot of effort finding a special gift for a family member of yours. You know, you thought about it. You thought about the person. You spent significant time trying to find that, you know, kind of just right gift for them. But then Christmas Day comes, and after all the presents were given and unwrapped, you find that your special gift is still unopened by that family member. 
they took your gift, but they never took the time to open it. You know, how would that make you feel? Probably not very good, right? <laughs> you know, you took the time and effort to give a thoughtful gift, and the person didn't even open it. You did not get the joy of seeing them open it and be blessed by your thoughtfulness and the time you took to pick out that gift for them. And so now let's take that image of that unopened present that we have in our mind and think about it in relation to the Bible. I really believe that's how God feels when we don't take the time Mm. to open the gift of his word that he's given us on a regular basis. He has things he wants you to know about him as your creator. He has promises that he's given to help you grow in your faith and to trust in him. He has so many things to show you and share with you in there. And all of this is found in the gift that he has given you in his word, the Bible. Yet some of us don't even want to open this Mm. gift, do we? Mm. Yeah, yeah been seasons of my life that have been like that for sure. So, you know, if, if you don't connect with the illustration of the Bible as a gift, then, then, then think about the Bible as a treasure to be discovered. One of my favorite movies when our kids were little, especially was a movie called National Treasure. You know, it was a thrilling story of a man on a quest to find a treasure. And many people said the treasure really didn't exist. You know, God wants us to search out the Bible like that man. To, to be on a relentless quest to find the hidden treasures that are in his word about who he is and about how he wants us to thrive and flourish. So here's what one man said about seeing the Bible as a treasure. You don't read your Bibles primarily to gain information. Now we need information. We need knowledge. But that's not the purpose of why God gave you a Bible. He gave you a book so that you might know him, interact with him, and see his greatness towards you. And when the Lord showed me that, it revolutionized my Bible reading. Up till then, I have to confess, I studied the Bible like most of us do, to learn, to learn more facts, to gain knowledge. And that's about all that happened. Mm. I could impress people with that knowledge, but that's about the only thing that happened. But when the Lord showed me that I'm to open this book, not with the intent of just learning knowledge and facts about him, but I am to open this book to hear him, to see him, to experience Mm. him, then this book became a treasure. It no longer was my textbook. Mm-hmm. It was my mm-hmm. treasure. That's so good. Yeah. This was by Michael Durham of Real Truth Matters. So let's not be men and women who are guilty of not opening the incredible gift that we've been given, this valuable treasure of God's Word. Let's be men and women mm-hmm. who look forward to our mm-hmm. time in the Bible mm-hmm. and expect to meet God there. Mm-hmm. For sure. As you know, we spent a large portion of this episode talking about the first part of your number one priority for the year, reading your Bible. But now we want to talk briefly about what we call the overflow of that time in the Bible. You know what, and what that should mean for you as a married couple. We shared earlier that 
what should flow out of your time with God in the Bible is connection with Him. You know, if you spend time in God's Word seeking Him and taking time to listen to Him, we are confident that the Lord will speak. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be a word of comfort. It could be a word of help. It could be any of those things or all of those things. Right. And once you hear that encouragement, comfort, or help from the Lord, we believe strongly that you should be excited to share that word from the Lord with others, especially Mm -hmm. your spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be just sharing a verse or even just part of a verse that was very meaningful to you as you read it. Or it might be that you connected with one of the stories of a man or a woman in the Bible and you got some real encouragement for your own life circumstances that you are facing. You know, I love to read the Psalms, and as I find things that are challenging or encouraging to me, I also think, well, who else does God want me to share this with? And oftentimes, it's my husband. We could give you more examples, but we think you can get the picture Mm -hmm. of how reading your Bible can really create an overflow of connecting spiritually together as husband and wife. We earnestly hope that that's going to be a reality Mm -hmm. in your marriage Mm -hmm. as you get more consistent in your Bible reading, as well as getting intentional about sharing what God is showing you in His Word, the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that word intentional is really important. Mm -hmm. So. There's lots of things that we read, but we're just not intentional about sharing those with right. our spouse. So at the beginning of the podcast, we told you that we wanted you to talk mostly about the why of reading your Bible. And without that right foundation and motive, your Bible reading will probably not be very consistent. So again, we spent the majority of the time there knowing that if you get that right, the how-to is something you can figure out moving forward. But when it comes to the how-to of reading your Bible, there are literally hundreds of ways that people do that on a consistent basis. You know, many people use a Bible, a Bible reading plan that takes them systematically through the entire Bible in a set period of time, like a year or two years. You know, other folks use an app to help them. One of the most popular is called YouVersion, a YouVersion Bible app. They have lots of plans to help you grow in consistency as well as guiding you in what, in what to read. You know, another one of our favorites is a ministry called Through the Word that takes a listener chapter by chapter through the Bible. So yeah. those are just some examples. That one's really good. And here's our recommendation when trying to decide what plan or app you're going to use. Talk to several other mm-hmm. Christ followers that you know. Absolutely. Ask them what they do to read the Bible consistently. And then take all of these ideas and really pray about it. You know, how is the Lord leading you? Try to see what works best for you in the way that He has, like, made your personality, yes. made your character, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. what will help you thrive and look forward to reading His Word and being in it. So whatever you decide, the reality is it's going to take some time Mm. to figure out what works best for you. (laughs) But reading the Bible is just too important to just give up when the first thing you try doesn't work out. Keep trying new methods until you can grow in consistency. We've put a couple of things in our show notes to help with this. We're going to share several Bible apps and Bible websites that we use and we recommend. And just to let you know, we don't profit from any of these recommendations. Mm -hmm. We just want to share them with you and you can check them out for yourself. 
And the other thing we want to share is three online articles that we hope will help you when you get discouraged in your consistency in reading the Bible. Because we all get discouraged at times. Mm-hmm. So we hope these three online posts will help you get restarted again. So look for those also when you check out our show notes for this episode. You know, I was trying to think of a way to, to end today's episode before I pray. Uh, that would really kind of encompass everything that we've been talking about and why this needs to be our number one priority of reading our Bible. I found this uh, illustration by John Piper. Here's what he said. Piper said, when we open the Bible, what do we see? We see God himself in this book, his thoughts, his words, his heart, right there just a few inches away. But that's not always what we see and feel as we open our Bible. Our weak, tired, distracted eyes look and all we see is a boring, lifeless portrait on a wall. We don't see joy and peace and life when we open our Bible. We see a wall, not a window. A boring portrait, not the never-ending beauty beyond. But it's not a portrait. It's a window. It doesn't hang lifeless in an old frame on a wall. It breaks through the wall into another world, the real world, the lasting world, the better world. And through this window shines a divine light that changes everything around us. Through this window, he awakens our dead, bored souls. He frees us from bondage to sin and the desires that rob us of life. He comforts the depressed. He inspires the discouraged. He guides the confused. He satisfies us completely and forever with words, His words. So will I read my Bible tomorrow? Where else would I go? Let me pray. Lord, thank you that you've given us your very words to help us understand not only who you are, but how you've designed us in your image to flourish in life, in marriage, in relationships, in every area. And so, Lord, for those who are listening, husbands and wives, and and for my wife and I, Lord, help us not to see this as a bored, lifeless book, but as a window that helps us to peer into everything that you are and everything that you have for us, Lord. May, May 2024 be a year when we grow not only our consistency in reading, but in our growing in being connected to you and to each other. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Abiding Marriage Podcast. We are so thankful for you. You know, our hope is always to help as many couples as we can to grow and thrive in their relationship with each other and with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. We hope that this episode encouraged you to help you to grow and to thrive in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing this podcast with others that you know. And we hope you'll come back for another episode. God bless y'all. Bye.